0: Here is the situation, folks. Happy spooky season to you all. We thought, why not kick off October with one of the scariest topics of all, perfectionism. Terrifying, I know. Well, don't get too spooked, because this is the Parking Lot Podcast with your friends, Kate Latimer, Maggie Prince, Elise Bailey, and myself, Ellie Janetta. And get excited. I didn't write a closing, so this is what you're going to get. Enjoy.
1: Um, and should we give a little update on where our fourth member is? Just uh, where she's at these days? Yeah, I think we've had a few questions about what's going on with Maggie. Sure. Our um, beloved fourth member, Maggie, has been um, absent from a few war. <laughs> of our last episodes. Um, she's just juggling a really busy schedule. And so we're finding a new balance and she's going to be coming on um, every couple couple times a month i think yeah we'll see what works
2: but you know i guess the easiest way to say it is maggie is um, <clears throat> a successful <laughs> she is a successful illustrator and uh and she needs to focus on that so we will have maggie with open arms whenever she can and she's still doing all the art and yes. illustrations
1: for our podcast and newsletter and Instagram. And There's no change to regularly scheduled service. She is moving out of my apartment, though. So I do think she's like taking some steps to just get that some space from cut me. Cut you off completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is just a, the beginning of the end for her and me. It's weird because every time you call Maggie, it says that the call can't be completed. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, almost it's, like she blocked it's you. It's like her number one out of service for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You usually get the answer Maggie Prince's phone and it's <laughs> someone else. <laughs>
1: She can't come to the phone right now You go to Europe with someone for Two weeks and they cut you out of their lives No I'm just kidding It's because you threw the egg Yeah I egged her (laughs) What if that was
2: the twist You just slowed down And threw the egg and then caught up And you were like oh my god Um, Oh my god did you see that
0: It was from all the way over there
1: (laughs) No one's there I know it's so weird they must have run off
0: They were in a full sprint.
1: (laughs) Anyway, we miss her, but we'll be happy to see her whenever she's available. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, How is everybody's week? Uh, Kate, you had an exciting weekend. How was your week?
1: My week was really good. It was really um, challenging. So my dad and I go on this canoe trip, and we've been doing it for the last 16 years, since I was 12. And um, this year I was in Europe. For our usual date. So we went a little bit later. Uh, so it was a little bit colder. And uh, we went for a little bit longer than usual five days, quite chilly. And my dad was like, All right, we last year went to Killarney and had some like grueling portages. I remember. <laughs> and we did a day trip to this lake that he wanted to stay on. And he was like, Next year we are doing, we are staying on this lake. And I was like, Okay. Which meant that. Th- um, this year was like the most challenging year we've ever had. And I, we were, the portages were like two kilometers long, steep hills, rocky, muddy. The man's got a canoe on his head and like, we're each carrying, he was like, I think our packs are about a hundred pounds each. And I've got like stuff in my hands. We're just going like vertical uphills. And I was like, dad, we are never doing this again. Um, So I think we, we decided that it was like a good character building weekend. We had a great time and we will not be doing those kinds of portages again. So we're stronger for it. Um, But we, he's very funny when he like, cause once you're in that like back area, there are only like three sites uh, per lake. So once you see someone, you're like in it, uh, you're like, I'm going to, make small talk with you we understand each other because we're both the same crazy people who are here in October and um my dad I realized is like very aware of what people assume our dynamics are because Mm -hmm. he immediately gets into hey kiddo can you pass me the sleeping bag hey pal (laughs) and he's like my daughter and I have been doing this trip he like he drops it so fast that we are father daughter and I was like "Uh uh-huh I I I would be very surprised if anyone saw us and thought we were like a couple on a, like a... Yeah,
0: siblings are dating kind of thing.
1: <laughs> uh, so anyway, he is super quick to just establish that it is father-daughter trip um which is great was and it, everyone immediately relaxes was
0: it with him when you saw that feral woman in the canoe
1: yeah that was year? that was a family trip actually um he didn't see that woman he was just like having the time of his life in just the canoe paddling away. yeah he's just like looking at the topography because that's all he cares about um the <laughs> elevation like, there is a feral woman in the canoe next to us dad um yeah he was just like hey kiddo making sure she knew that I was his daughter um we did see something crazy this trip though we were canoeing um home and we'd been hearing these like booming noises like very faint in the background the entire trip and my dad was like I don't know he he's he likes to explain things when he has no explanation it like sounds industrial probably a factory is like uh-huh uh-huh Anyway, we're canoeing and there's like this huge, um, uh, like rock face in front of us. And out of nowhere, this massive explosion happens and like debris is launched into the water, like 50 what? meters from our canoe. I guess they were like building a highway and we're just oh. exploding the rock. But, um, and that's the noises we'd been hearing for the last five days, but it was like truly shocking to, it was just out of the blue like so close in front of us, it was. I've never seen an explosion happen before. It was like, it was surreal. And they don't like clear the area and make no, sure that no one's gonna get hit uh, by that's debris. That's d- my dad was like, "We could have been there." Like, and it was like huge rocks just being projected into the water right next to us. Um, so we nearly died essentially. Wow, this was a tough trip. If the portage didn't kill us, the exploding rock <laughs> would the have. The debris did. Yeah, the yeah. debris did. The what's it called? The boreal shield. The Ontario Shield. What's the rock The area? Canadian Shield? The Canadian Shield? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's, I think Boreal's a forest.
2: What do I, I don't know? know? I, I don't... didn't do
1: good in geography. Mm,
0: we're very Canada-centric <laughs> podcast um, geographically.
1: Yeah. But it's just, uh, they're like the great weekends of my life. I'll remember them when I'm old. My dad and I have a really good time. I went swimming. It was more character building. I'm just gonna be like a really good character at the just end of the like well rounded.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it brings out a you know, my fingernails are just like so dirty at the end of the trips, and I haven't showered in five days. And just I'm just out like, there with your dad, yeah, I'm just like a feral child, feral human. So fun, but yeah, i my whole body is sore, um, and I can't wait to carry more backpacks next year Mm. can't wait because you know what we don't skimp on is beer and wine and that shit is heavy nothing like getting trashed in the forest you're gonna fall
0: asleep (laughs) look out here comes an igneous rock yeah you know It's just gonna be fucking have to knock yourself out
1: yeah um i'm trying to think that was kind of that was kind of the week Wow. Works good. We might have some funding for a new doc that I'm excited about. Um, $4. (laughs) $4. Go and do what you need to. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's my week. Elise, how was your week? My
2: week has been good. Um, I mean, I'm getting to know my brother, so it's been (laughs) emotional. I'm sorry also to everybody for how fast I talked during the last episode. I just, I was very nervous to get that out into the world. Yeah. But yeah, I've been spending a lot of time getting to know my brother, which has been emotional, but very good. Uh, hi, Andrew. <laughs> Do you guys still talk every day? Yeah, we talk every day. Wow. Hi, Andrew. I look forward to meeting you one day. It will be soon. Um, but the other thing I did this week is I did a real return to form for us. I went to a trivia night <gasps> on Friday. It was a birthday party, so it was scheduled trivia, but my team... We fucking nailed it. I'm sorry, you guys, but we killed it. I had such a good team. And it was like, I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be in the game. Because usually when you play trivia, we're like, we're not at the top. We're not always dead last, but we're definitely not like a contender. Yeah. We were 30 points ahead of everybody else. Like we were smashing. We were killing it. We were, there was no prisoners. We lost. But only because the last round, the last fucking round, was a final Jeopardy round where you could wager all your points for one question. The team next to us, there was spring chickens, all moms. And the question was like, showed a picture of a dog and it was, no, 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 it didn't show a picture of a dog. It described the dog. It was like, this dog is like from a certain area. It's this color. It's known for this. It's a part of the shepherd family, but it's not a German shepherd. Very apt description of this dog that obviously no one on my team knew what it was. But one of the ladies in the spring chickens once went to like the Westminster dogs show. So she knew what the answer was. Had we done that, we would have lost but they doubled their points, so they beat us. But had they not done that, because all the other teams got it wrong, we would have killed it. So they do the... Is that just
1: across the board where the last questions like a wager? I think often it is. The last... We did trivia somewhere else. I, just, fact. I don't love that. I feel like it's too much. It's, it's like like too much. You've worked so hard
2: you didn't have to double your points but they did like right. they were like all or
1: nothing they knew it was going to be a Westminster dog show oh, based I question was pissed. I would have
2: never gotten that but there was one category where it was like they gave you like 20 names of movies that were opposites so instead of like mean girls it was like nice boys and stuff like that 19 out of 20. That's a
1: really good category
2: it was a really good category and then there was like a mashups one where they were playing like, like a weird remix of two songs and it was California Cation by the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. and Hotel california but it was the it was the instrumental version it was just stripped down and this one guy on my team because it was like it was a birthday party so there was like people on our team we didn't know and i was like i'm telling you it's it's hotel california and he was like i don't know i don't know if i'm hearing it i'm like it's hotel california i know it. i know it were we not the only team that got it right That's very impressive. We like, and then one of the categories, which kind of was not fair, because it's not trivia, but it was like, you had to like draw what your team's hip hop persona was, like get the game going. And the the host liked ours so much because one of the girls on my team was an architect and she drew this amazing vignette from SpongeBob because we're like, we're the goofy goobers, but we're like sexy. And she drew it and the host was like six points. Maximum was five, but that was amazing. Six points. So out the gate. Nice. Don't fuck with us. So was that your
1: team name, the Goofy Goobers? No, we were
2: uh, Ancestry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because of your newly found brother. Because
2: this was the first time that I was able to tell Roz and Romy uh, one-on-one because I didn't want to tell people at my birthday party because it's like a lot to kind of unpack. So this was the first time I'd seen Roz and Romy. And we were sitting down and I was like, just like almost finished telling them like Romy's in tears. Roz is like head in her hands, elbows on the table. And these this couple sits down next to us and they're like, can we join your team? And we're like, yeah. And they were like, okay, the vibe. What's the vibe, the vibe over here? Yeah. <laughs> the vibe is not great. And then I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just in the middle of like. Del- some very So wait, I'm- random people joined your team? Well, they weren't random. We were at a birthday party. So oh. it was like, there were like people that were invited to the birthday party, but we just didn't know them. Uh, so there was was this lovely couple and (laughs) we were like yeah yeah just join us and then he was like when i gave him the spark notes of it he's like you should do an ad for ancestry and that's so we, what i said we were like our team name is ancestry.com but then Romy thought it'd be funny to add not sponsored but then the host kept saying not accepted and i was like that doesn't even make sense ancestry.com <laughs> not accepted host. so i was like just drop the subtitle it's just ancestry.com
1: so i have a few follow-up questions um where was this trivia held it was at a bar at young and saint Clair.
0: is it scallywags
1: no that's out of my radius um do you think it was like you were just with a smarter team, or whether the questions to be just fair, better?
0: When she was retelling me some of the questions, they sounded really easy.
1: Some of them were a bit easy. So it's just an easier game of trivia. But
2: some of them were hard. Like it was all pop culture, which is, I think, why we did really well. Like there was Dave's was hard history for a, a yeah, big chunk of it. A big chunk of it.
0: Just. 70s sports. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: but there, the one sport question though I got right, which was like, what NBA player had like a stint in baseball? And
1: I was yes. like, Michael Jordan. The Michael Jordan. The easiest
0: sports question. Nobody I know else the got it right. It because,
1: was Michael Jordan. Jesus Christ. So, I feel less bad about myself. I will be
2: honest. It was like, mostly pop-centric trivia. But we all had, we all brought our own strengths. Like, one of the questions was like, it was like a section about uh, geography and movies. So, you had to see like, what, you had to guess where the area was, like the city. And then you had to guess the movie that was set there.
1: It sounds like a really fun trivia game. And it I'd was. like to go there. She
2: like the, the host, does, like, she goes to other bars for it. She like is a traveling trivia gal.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a job.
2: Yeah. Should I don't we, know if it's full time. Maybe we should get into that. Maybe we should. Parking lot host trivia. Yeah. It was. Oh my God, we'd be, we'd I don't kill that. We'd be like, what day was that? Was it? Was it no, no, no. We host it. I know. Oh. As we're reading <laughs> the books. We we're like, oh wait, fuck.
1: <laughs> Wrong. Oh, we're, we're not supposed to guess. Well, oh, okay. that was Germany.
2: Um and then I learned how to play a new game today called Kr cr- roll cr- Chronicle? Cronical? Crokenroll. Croc Co- cor- crokinol. Cro- crokinole. 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 That's how you say it. I learned how to play crokinole today, which is just like flicking checkers pretty much. But it gets intense. I broke a nail. Did you? Yeah, I chipped one of my nails. It gets hard. I punched a guy. (laughs) I mean, I I almost punched Otis. But uh, no, I'm kidding. But we all did get absolutely fucking wrecked. Sorry to swear, but we got...
1: Mid-afternoon? It was four o'clock Wednesday Wednesday. afternoon.
2: Happy birthday, Tracy. Otis killed killed us in this game.
1: He's really good at it. Oh, I thought you meant wrecked like had so much alcohol. Oh, no, I
2: wish. No, wrecked like we all got really competitive. because It was a tournament. So it was okay. like the winner faces the winner of the last round and so on and so Got on. Got it. And he, I was like,
1: who was serving drinks at this
2: 4 p.m. party? We were all
0: trashed at 3 p.m. <laughs> flicking checkers.
2: I mean, I think if we weren't so focused on playing the game well, yeah. we would have been drinking more. I had like one drink and I was like, I need to focus on my technique. I can't aim properly. Cause it's like a big round board with pegs. And then you're like, the objective of the game is to get the most amount of points. So it's like a dartboard where like, you know, each ring is worth points. And so you're trying to like get the most amount of points in the middle, but you're also trying to flick the other opponents, uh, pieces off the board. So they don't get points. So sometimes you just flick and you ricochet off the pegs in the
1: middle and then you just lose instantly. So do you like, it's a big investment if you wanted to start playing this game. Because you'd have to like buy a board,
2: yeah. But I mean, that's it. <laughs> or someone could carve a board, maybe. Oh my god, Ellie, will you make us a
1: crocodile board?
0: If that's within the next three lessons, <laughs> then sure.
1: And it'll be a lot of sanding. Maybe and the last class, you can request what you make. Yeah,
0: <laughs> crocodile board.
1: It's
2: actually not. It's I mean. It's really just like a big round piece of board with like lines in it, it and then very a achievable. hole in the middle. Sure, I'll show it to you. It's it's not much. It ain't much. it It ain't ain't much much, but it's honest work (laughs) but it's
1: honest work (laughs) that sounds incredible i i'm just i'm sort of jealous of these like wholesome birthday parties you've been going to
2: (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people are born in september and october yeah and you can't really like go out and do something like hot you know it's like what what can we do inside hot
0: as in like sexy and fun
2: yeah exactly with your boss's wife it's not there's not a lot of sexy birthdays in october
1: no but we had a good time (laughs) um this, before we talk about your week, I just wanted to, I forgot to tell you guys something. I have a plan. Oh, God. Um, oh, here we go. So, Saturday. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, so, I think we're thinking of having Halloween party that Saturday. Okay. And that afternoon, I would like to have uh, a pretty intense game of Capture the Flag in Hyde Park. I'm there.
0: In costume?
1: No. No, um, in running gear, obviously. In, in, in a running attire. We're like, I've already scoped out the boundaries that I, it's full
0: tackle or full or, tackle. Or, oh my god.
1: Um, Maggie and Sarah are in. So. Are you telling us this so that we like people listening will show up? No, <laughs> sorry, you're not invited if you're hearing this unless I personally invited I've you. i just told you when and where.
0: When and where? <laughs> but don't come. You don't know and what that time it or. is. Full tackle.
1: <laughs> but don't come. You
2: are will you? have an
0: opportunity to punch us all in the face. <laughs>
1: And win the game, but don't show up. Why is there a horde of people just waiting to join us?
0: Soronin Park? Park. Yeah, is that what Sororan. it is? Sororan, I don't know.
1: Is it Sororan or High Park? No, it's High Park. Oh, High Park.
0: High Park. It might big. be
1: a little harder to find us in High Park. I think it'll be challenging to find us, but not impossible. If you really want to join us, you'll hear the screams. Yeah. Like the entrance off of Parkside Drive. I, I'm afraid to say at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking Bloor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tell you off pod. Okay. Well thank you. I'll, anyway, I'll be there. Just in t- uh on the uh tangent of wholesome games. I really want to play Capture the Flag before a party. Let's do it. Great. Cool. I like that we'll all show up with like fucking like war paint. <laughs> yeah. Like get ready <laughs> for battle. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Good morning, I'll pull hair. I know you will. And bite.
2: I know. And bite. And kick. Okay. Ellie yeah, has gonna have really to, sharp
1: teeth. We're gonna have to make some rules. Mm -hmm. really sharp teeth maybe i'll just make sure to be on your team that's you have to wear a mouth guard
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have to wear a mouth guard and mitts yeah (laughs) i can't pull anybody's hair
1: um was that everything you had to say yeah just good old fun um elliot how was your week
0: uh my week's been good um we watched two interesting biopics one being very successful the other being less so successful and I think I'm gonna make it a reoccurring thing to watch some sort of biopic or documentary once a month to inspire myself to be you you could be doing more you could be doing this and just kind of just re kind of invigorate the the energy yeah because we went to go see um the two biopics I'm talking about, one actual biopic, which was The Blonde movie on Netflix about Marilyn Monroe.
1: That's out. It's out. Yeah. And we
0: watched it T- 2 hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. To warn you. Um and then the other one we watched last night which was a documentary uh called Moon Age Daydream about David Bowie.
1: That's out too? Yeah. Yeah. But I not a lot of, people, both of these. Not a lot of
0: people know it's out because we were I don't know. One of four other people in the theater. It was completely. It was empty. not
1: packed. Where did? Oh, I mean, I guess documentaries at the best of times. Where did you go? Young and Eglinton. Young and Harington.
0: and it was cheap Tuesday too. So you would think, but.
1: And it's a, it's Brett Morgan, right? Yeah. 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 I would have thought this year. It
0: It's quite yeah. good. Um I'll start off with the David Bowie one. Yeah. Because. We just saw it, and is
1: he an inspiration for you?
0: Oh my God, yeah! You're aware
2: of a deeper existence. Are you there? David? Are you there? David? Are you there David? Maybe a temporary reassurance that, indeed, there is no beginning, no end.
0: He's just someone who is. If I had maybe 15% of the confidence of David Bowie, he could rule the world. He basically just, you know, he he just knew what he kind of wanted to do and he kind of just embraced the weirdness of it. And he kind of faced with a lot of people being like, why are you dressed like that? Why do you look so weird? And he's just like, I just look the way I want to look or whatever it is. And it was just, I think it was a, a a more unstructured documentary because it kind of is all archival footage. There's no interviews, um, besides of interviews of he did in the past, but it's all told very non linearly, where it jumps back into the, the past and it goes all the way to the future and it goes back and forth. It's a lot of like experimental films that he did while he was just know, living in Thailand or living in West Berlin and all this kind of stuff.
1: And
2: how about the shoes? Are those men's shoes or women's shoes or bisexual shoes? So They're shoes, silly.
0: <laughs> but like all the concert footage stuff is really, really cool. And there's a lot of weird, like, I don't know, splatting of paint on the screen to the beat mm-hmm. of the music.
2: It's like it's like almost if like you're doing an acid trip acid trip and mushrooms and watching a documentary about the yeah. belly. Wow. The was,
1: trailer looked wild. I was very excited about it.
0: Yeah. And I think it was probably just a little bit too long. Um, because it feels like it could have ended three times previous to when it actually did end. Yeah. But what a life. Like it was just crazy. Cause it really just focuses on him and his perspective and just how he saw his career move It doesn't really talk about like his wife or his kids or the people that he kind of interacted with besides very specific people. Um, But it was really good. It's really entertaining. And I thought a very good job at showing the different versions of David Bowie when he'd be playing Ziggy Stardust or he'd be playing another character or when he's actually playing David Bowie and it Mm -hmm. kind of goes all through these these things and I thought it was very good he's one of the people we were saying this on the on the drive home that you know exactly who he is just by looking at the back of his head because he's got such a uh, distinctly characteristic of the back of his hair when he's like walking there's a lot of these movies that he made just in his spare time someone's just following around him in Thailand or Berlin and he's just not saying anything he's looking really moody and he's just following him and you're just like well it's David Bowie
1: I care. He is. There There ain't no hair out of place on his neck. Yeah. What's your favorite David Bowie song just before we switch? Memory of a free festival. The sun machine is coming down,
2: down and we're gonna have a party. Oh. I didn't know that. So while oh, we're talking about
0: me. this, you can slowly have it in the background and build and build and build and build. And build. Because it's basically just giving me
1: editing tactics. Yeah, there you yes. go. <laughs> Directing.
0: Um No, it's just basically his version of a like his like, Hey Jude, yeah. where everyone starts singing in the end. Everyone's like, Sun Machine <laughs> is, gonna, is gonna have a party. And it's It's, uh-huh. it's very catchy. Or Heroes.
2: Heroes is, Heroes. My Heroes second is a favorite. good one.
0: Um, I like the space themed songs more. I like Moon Age Daydream, and mm-hmm. I like Siki Stardust, and I like Life on Mars. I like mm-hmm. the space songs.
1: Mm-hmm. So great. What are yours? My favorite album is Reality, mm-hmm. which is um a newer album, and it was just the one that was like in my house when I was growing up. And so my my favorite songs are from that album. Got mm-hmm. it. Cool. Fall dog bombs the moon. Anyone know it? No. no, no. It's a classic.
0: Um, yeah, I would say go watch that movie. It's very, very good. And then to contrast that, we watched um, Blonde, which is the movie about Marilyn Monroe, which is on Netflix right now. Miss Monroe, it's time! Mm.
1: A kiss on the hand.
0: How'd you get your start?
1: Maybe. What start? in movies. How, how did you
0: feel? You didn't watch the full thing because you got pulled into a FaceTime. But, with my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did, with my brother. How, I'm not going to... I don't want to shit on the movie. Cause, I do. No, because it's just... <laughs> I heard just, it was bad. It seemed... How, how did you feel about don't it? Don't
1: defend the male gaze, Elliot. Yeah, it was shouldn't. based on a book written by Joyce Carol Oates, mm-hmm. who's an OG mm-hmm. in the OG literary author. world. Yeah.
2: I've never read the book, so I don't know how Neither true it is to the book or if the book was good. Yeah. I don't want to roast it's Joyce my Carol shelf. Oates right now. Um, it just felt exploitative. It felt sleazy. It felt like let's revel in how this woman's sexual persona was the downfall of her. And all of the pain that she suffered was because she was just so beautiful and so sexual. Yeah. And it just like off the bat, like it started off with her childhood, which I thought was, I don't know actually really anything about Marilyn Monroe, like what her private life was like. So I thought that was interesting, but then it felt a little bit like just off. I don't know how to describe it other than I was like, this feels a little bit like insensitive mm. or disingenuous and yeah. then and then we just do these like big jumps in time and it's kind of like it's almost like uh like jobs do you ever see the movie mm-hmm. about Steve Jobs where it like takes place in between these big moments of his yeah. life the like the 10 minutes right before a big moment it's kind of like that where like it's not focused on like the obvious beats of her life it's no. more like these like pockets in between which a lot of them are fictionalized right um but I still don't feel like we're were versed enough with what Marilyn Monroe's rise to fame was like to make those leaps and understand that, like, oh, obviously, by this point, she would have done this movie and she was already doing this and, and interacting with this part of, the, of society. And this is the other side of it. It just kind of was like, did this really happen? Is this going on? Like, she has this weird love triangle with Charlie Chaplin's son and this other guy. I can't remember his name right now. Who are both real people. Right. But they have this like weird threesome thruple, and they're doing all this like public sex, and you're like, did this really happen? Or did are that we- really happen? No, uh, probably not. I'm I not think sure. they like did briefly date in real life, like her and Charlie Chaplin Jr. for sure. But it just was like, but it's played so straight and at such face value, it's like, uh, I don't. This just feels greasy yeah and also like anna de Armas, i think does a great job but i just i could not get around the fact that you can still hear her spanish accent so then it's like she's having these scenes where she's like with her mom who is in uh mayor of east town she plays the the best friend
1: oh the the best friend oh right yeah she's so great
2: American gal through and through. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Anna de Armas and she has this like little bit of a Cuban accent and it's just kind of like,
1: it- like Norma Jean Baker from <laughs> Cuba. <laughs> yeah,
2: And I mean, she does a good job. She looks just like her, but again, it's like, she's always played as this like doe-eyed Bambi, like, Oh, 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 Oh. And yeah. you're like, yeah. there's just no depth <laughs> to her character. We're just put her, we just keep thrusting her into these like painful or sexual situations. Scene to scene. Where she just wants to be loved and the men around her treat her like shit and like a sex object and then the next chapter of her life happens.
1: Yeah. You're not selling it. Wow.
2: and I didn't didn't even watch the rest of it. I should probably finish watching it but I felt like I was like, I know what's going
1: to happen. The next two hours are really crazy.
0: (laughs) because I didn't know much about it going into it you just hear um you know the various kind of film festival chat this 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 movie got this amount of time standing ovation all that kind of stuff and I just knew that they were making a NC17 Marilyn Monroe movie that was kind of the big thing that they were going into it's
1: it NC17
0: Apparently I didn't
1: know that
0: So it also has a lot of very jarring and strange editing decisions in terms of switching back and forth between color and black and white and widescreen and four by three and kind of going through all these. I I think it's because when she's as Marilyn Monroe, she is in color. And then when she's not, it's in black and white. But then sometimes that's not the case. Um, but it is like you said, it is just, of I don't know, You don't, you never feel like she is a very capable like talented individual by the depiction of this movie. It right. just feels like she just kind of went through being very pretty and attaching herself to different men along the way. Right. And it was very long and I just, I, I, I didn't really feel like finishing it, but watch the whole thing.
1: People are so obsessed with um, Marilyn Monroe is this like iconic American figure. And I never really understood it because i've seen so many uh, there was like um a show about this marilyn monroe broadway thing they were putting on with like grace from will and grace did you ever see that no um i just feel like i've seen like eight movies about marilyn monroe people don't get tired of talking about her and i just like yeah. i don't get what this hold she has on uh on the well, like zeitgeist. Well,
0: Hollywood is just obsessed with the past, right? And they're just kind yeah. of obsessed mm-hmm. with that era. Like, there's that new Damien Chazelle movie, which is all about 1920s Hollywood. And it's the same kind
2: of thing. Yeah. Simpler
1: times. It's Simpler just like times. we're never going to stop seeing World War II movies and Marilyn Monroe biopics.
2: But we just, I feel like we've never nailed making her feel like a person. I no. never feel like I actually understand who Marilyn Monroe was as a person. I understand who she was as, like, an icon, but I don't understand who she was as, like, a I, human being.
1: Um, Did you see the one with Michelle Williams? No. That one was um pretty good. Yeah? I liked that one. Because it, it was about this reporter played by Eddie Redmayne who goes to and, like, gets pretty close to her. And so it's this... You, I think she's married to... um. Uh, the playwright, what's his name? Arthur Miller, Arthur Miller for most of the movie, but you get to see this like unfiltered side of her with this. Oh, my week with Marilyn, my week with Marilyn. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I wouldn't go rush to watch that one, but just, it's interesting to obviously completely different types of celebrity and different kinds of stars, but one that does a very good job and one, you know, obviously it's different tone, but, um, yeah, go check it out on Netflix if you want to. Um, The last part of my week is I have to give my House of the Dragon update. Um, I'm still a bit jarred by the last major time jump that they've done because they've gotten all these new actors in to play these kind of two um, pretty sizable roles. And one looks considerably older than the previous actress. But the other one, Olivia Cook's character, Alicent, she almost looks just a little bit older than the previous actress. So it just Mm -hmm. looks a little bit like, why wouldn't you just have her kind of just be the character the whole time? She's very good. And I think she's, she does a very good job, but it's just a little bit like intense. And this episode was kind of the episode that kicks off the real backstabbing is beginning Mm. and the real game of Thrones is, is starting and people are obviously complaining that it was very dark in a bunch of scenes because it seems like they did a lot of day for night shooting. And if you don't know what day for night is, is when they shoot a scene during the day and then edit it to make it look like night, um, which just looks gray.
1: I I did not know
0: that. Oh, you didn't? They
2: did it in Nope, Nope, actually. So a lot of the scenes that are in at nighttime in Nope, when, uh, they're like they the first time that he figures out that the cloud doesn't move or whatever. And you can see the spaceship going back and forth yeah. behind it. It's day for night. They did a lot of the movie actually in day for night because wow. I think to see the clouds properly and you have
1: to shoot. Yeah. And sense. post
2: because he has this like shadow over his face that he mm-hmm. wouldn't have if it were. Nighttime.
0: It was also one of the first stills they released for The House of the Dragon was this scene and it was daytime. It was daytime. So you're like, why didn't you just leave it daytime but and you can just you
2: can just t- like i don't know when you watch something that's day for night it just feels wrong yeah i remember as wrong. we were watching it well, it feels I was like they like, put a
0: gel underneath the over top of the camera just to yeah. kind of give it a darker feel or it feels like
2: you're like watching it on like night mode mm-hmm. like <laughs> ironic but i just mean like when you're like the color of your yeah, screen yeah. slightly off
0: more uncomfortable incestuous stuff uh, which is always great. Um, <laughs> That's why you watch. But um, yeah, it's it's. There's only three episodes left, and it's getting pretty intense.
2: And there's gonna be another time jump next week.
0: Yes, just gonna another big time. Another job next new, week. Set
1: of, of new set of I'm child actors. I'm just waiting till I um get Fair? like a really bad illness and then I'll just watch all of Game of Thrones and then this and Lord of the Rings. I'll just okay. follow, like, go through it. We're probably gonna get like pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I think like dementia. Yeah. A I don't know if that's an
2: illness really come out of. It, so <laughs> really I, like, I'm oh. talking end of life here.
0: Um but yes, House of the Dragon still still big thumbs up. Watch
2: mm-hmm. it, okay. One big thumb up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Two the,
1: thumbs up or one thumb up. Two
0: thumbs up. Uh, one the,
1: big thumb up. Lord of
0: the Rings has a diagonal thumb up because the last two episodes have been really slow, but the ep, recent episode the was actually episode. the new racist <laughs> the episode was episode. really good. No, the most recent episode was was quite good. So, so hopefully it's like, that they're gonna come back a little bit. <laughs> um, so our topic today. Perfectionism. So, to start, I would like, what do you guys, when you hear perfectionism, what is the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: To me, it's someone who gets like bogged down in their creative process Mm -hmm. and is unable to finish tasks because they need it to be perfect. But perfect doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. Great. (laughs) That's exactly what I would have said. Elliot, what does it mean to you?
0: Um, For the longest time, I would have thought perfectionist would have been a positive trait, would have been someone who kind of takes the extra time to whatever, figure out something or take the extra attention to detail. But more recently, I would say it's almost 50-50 where it's as good a thing as it is a bad thing, where it's kind of not knowing when to stop working on something and Mm -hmm. not knowing when to um, take a step back and not giving yourself the, I don't know, ability or time to finish something properly and something that I definitely suffer from myself, but I don't know. It's like weird. Cause it's something that a lot of people, I don't know, in your job interview would be like, name three strengths that you have. Oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm on time, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I would say that it's, it's equally a positive thing for me as it is a negative thing.
1: So how does perfectionism like manifest itself in your process?
0: Um, I find I become a perfectionist when it comes to personal projects or things that directly relate to some sort of outcome on behalf of myself or something creatively that I'm very much invested in. For example, um, I've been trying to do, uh, to make a personal website for myself for the past two years and I get started and I get 30% into it. Then I throw it all away and I start all over again because I feel like I have a new idea or I feel like this is not right or it's not, I'm not going from one to 10 instead of going one to two to three to four to five. I find I, am always looking for what the end goal is and not the steps that it takes to get to the finish line that it would need to be. Um, Would you guys consider yourselves as perfectionists?
1: No.
2: Absolutely not. Why? I think I lean more towards what you were saying about it being a negative sometimes, is I think that being a perfectionist can kind of hinder and slow you down and get, not you personally, but like get in the way. Because you're trying so hard for it to be perfect and you're not actually focusing as much as on what you're doing, if that makes sense. But I do wish that I had some more elements of perfectionism in my motivations because I find sometimes I'm so quick to skim over the details or I'm so quick to kind of be like, eh, yeah, we'll figure it out. And that because I don't have that drive of like it has to be perfect, that sometimes it's very much the opposite. And if I cared, not that I don't care, but if I cared a bit more about that kind of outcome, it would be better. Mm -hmm. But not to like the extent of being like, it has to be perfect. Because I don't really... It's perfect. And then what, like, what is, so what? What does perfect even mean? What does perfect even mean? And like, at the end of the day, like what difference does that really make?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's like, um, I have for stuff that I care about, I have a huge fear of even beginning like to, to start work on it, which is, um, probably maybe some kind of perfectionism, but it's like, fear to even start the project and then that process of procrastination if I'm working towards a deadline eventually I just I've trained myself that at some point it has to get done I'll do it in one go like done is better than perfect is sort of my mantra and it's the only way I like complete things um but that's also like that lack of attention to detail has killed me my whole life and like like we just scheduled an interview that I thought was for a Tuesday, but it's actually for a Saturday. Like that shit has been going on my whole life. And I, I've like tried to figure out tools to change the way my brain works, but I don't think that way. I don't care about details in that way. Like, I think you can see that when I travel, I'll just like (laughs) book a ticket, figure out where I'm staying and the rest we will figure out. Like I pride myself on being able to like, Uh, React to situations as they come up, which Mm -hmm. I think is the opposite of perfectionism. Like, if perfectionism is planning so that everything goes according to how you view it, like, I'd rather just not have a plan and react. Mm. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. If anything, I'm like sloppy in a negative way. well
0: because I found this article um and I'm gonna cite it here it's from the verywellmind.com by a doctor named Elizabeth Scott kind of just breaking down all the kind of different characteristics of perfectionism and procrastination is a big part of it and kind of going into something actively not planning it it's just kind of they saying it's they're saying it's kind of like You kind of, I don't know, actively trying not to plan stuff in order for it to not be, you're not planning it to be perfect to then be let down in any way or whatever it would be, right? But I don't know. It's something for me, it comes up a lot with, especially with a lot of the podcast stuff where I want it to be the best it can be and, but I don't even know what that is. Right. It's just kind of like you have some sort of ideal idea of what you would imagine something to be perfect and comparing yourselves to other people and being like, well, I want to get to whatever that is, but not realizing that you have to go through A, B, C, D and like put in the time and have let things kind of grow organically, which is often one of the things that I forget about. Like we watch a lot of uh, the red letter media videos and all that kind of stuff. And it feels like, oh, I just want to get to that point. I want to like, I want to know how to play guitar. I want to know how to like, but you don't put in that time to kind of, you get to the beginning part. And then once it gets hard, then it's when you're just, you kind of, you get stuck in the minute details and you're not able to kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. And I find that I get like that with a lot of projects that I work on. And especially for stuff myself. you use it
1: as like a tact, like like, uh, an excuse not to move forward.
0: I don't use it as an excuse. I use it as a a point of which to get stuck, of which to not move forward. Right. Not by...
1: There's so much the, to do at this phase that you can never move to the next one. Like sometimes if,
0: um, if I'm working on something alone, so for, I don't know, for example, of the website where you have no one to answer to but yourself, so you're not getting any sort of pushback where... I'm kind of left in my own devices where I find if I don't get some sort of fence build up, I can never kind of create some sort of actual finished project or product without just over and over just looking at pages and pages of inspiration and never finally picking anything and just yeah. kind of going one direction. Like I've probably redone my resume 500 times just because of in terms of visual, not in terms of content.
1: Um, do you think... Part of it is like you're still figuring out your creative voice and once you've you're more like solid in in what you like.
0: Yeah. It's that. It's also just feeling like you don't have a particular style, feeling like, oh, this feels like I don't know, an Elliot thing by the end of it or whatever. Like not mm-hmm. feeling like you have a particular personality that carries through in your art, the way it becomes almost immediately apparent.
2: That's really interesting because I think we feel like that about you. Like when I see the finished product of things you put out, Feels I'm like, that's very so Elliot. very specific to you. Yeah. Like yeah. even down to like the art you choose in our apartment, I'm like, that's very Elliot. And then I see other things and I'm like, that's not very Elliot. He's not going to like that. Mm. Except for the bigger
1: splash poster. That was a I, I was surprised by that.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, but it's all that stuff. It's just, I don't know, probably confidence has to come into it. Um, fear of failure has to come into it. And sorry, I'm burping a lot.
2: It's actually crying. I just want
1: to say it. (laughs) Sorry. I just left it.
0: But it's also just comparing yourself to other people, right? You just kind of want to you have idols or whatever, and you kind of want to be like, I just want to do, I want to be whatever it is like that, but not realizing the amount of time and effort that they had already put into whatever it is that they are doing and kind of working up to that stage. Um, like for example, we were talking about, I'm working on these kind of new kind of iterations of uh, parking lot, like graphics and all that kind of stuff. And I have to kind of get to a point now where I have to tell myself that at this date, this is the end. I have to stop working on it because I, if I don't, I'll just keep, I'll just keep going and yeah. going and going and going, and it won't necessarily get better. It'll just change, and it almost goes in a circle where yeah. I'll go where I'll, it'll go into one direction, and then it kind of comes back eventually to what it was before. It's just a lot of wasted time at that point.
1: I feel like perfectionism, in its best sense, is like attention to detail, and in its worst is like um this mine you can fall down which is just n- like a search for a product that doesn't exist and it's just an excuse to mm-hmm. like never um move forward but i think there is some like middle ground of uh, of someone who's um like specific in their process knows what they want to create like understands their craft and everything that's required of them. And I think there's some level of like detail oriented that is um a good thing. Um that doesn't have to be like debilitating. Yeah. So there's room. I just think perfectionism is used as this but this excuse to to get caught up in details that don't matter. I think that's another balance. You have to mm-hmm. find. especially
0: like working on the newsletter. Yeah. I fall into that trap, getting focused on details that don't matter. Like yeah. spacing of headings and stupid stuff that, like, doesn't really mean anything to the end of the day, but it's, it could be stuff that if I don't just tell myself, Oh, you have to stop here to kind of move forward. I would just keep doing that right. over and over and over again.
1: I mean, graphic design is very detail oriented. Like I think you're allowed to like, Um, I don't know. I think there's a balance in that too. Like the, like spacing does matter. Like I, I on a grand scale, maybe not so much and it could get you bogged down. But I also think having intention behind those decisions matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about this, um, of like, what would be my ideal process? Cause I think often if you're looking at the actual work I do, um, it's like, there's so much like, like self-loathing and, and procrastination and it's like such a tortured process, And I think for me, I think I've said this before that like final product doesn't actually matter to me that much. And like a dream world would be like perfectionism to me would be like finding a process where I'm proud of myself at every phase where I feel like I've done the right, like I've done the best that I can and the time given that I haven't like, um, like self-sabotage that I haven't, um, Like, cause I, I look back on like the work I did in school and, and if you look at my process, it's like a a terrible process of like procrastination, not sleeping, like hating everything, finally putting something out there. And the final product is like, okay, but I'd so much rather like not care about final process and have this idea of perfect be that I've like done the best I could at every step. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I'm working towards On some level in my life, yeah,
0: and I think it's just coming to grips the the idea of it's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to not be the best it can be, so that you can do a better one next time. Yeah, and I think that's what I have to kind of remember. And most people in school, I think, need to think about it like that. Um, I remember the first in the first carpentry class, we had to make these this box that was four joints, and I really fucked the one part of it up, and I was just thinking it the whole time being like, I have to start it over. I have to do it over. And I remember the teacher came over and I was like showing her the thing. I was just like, Oh, it's this part. And just getting fixated on the part that you don't like. And she, she came over to me and she was she said, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's just this one part. I, I think I have to do over again. And she looks at it and she was like, well, why would you do it over again? I said, well, it's not that great. She said, well. It's your first day.
2: (laughs) It's not even one hour.
0: You've literally never held uh, this tool before and you're expected to be credible at it the first time and just kind of being accepting of, I don't know. I'm not doing at, at the end of the day, I'm not going to that class for a mark, right? I'm only person I'm really going for it is for myself to Mm -hmm. learn. And I know next time I do that, it will be better than the last time I do it, but it's just kind of getting bogged down and, reaching some sort of unattainable standard
1: and wanting to be instantly uh, good at something. Yeah. It's tricky.
0: And you have to go through that part that sucks to in order to get yeah. past it and then get into the good part. Right. I'm sure there was, it's a little bit different for us to the podcast, but there are, we've gotten better at it as we've gone. We've been mm-hmm. able to figure out how to navigate silences, how to navigate topics, how to do, all These different things we've that we've reached
1: perfection now,
0: yeah. We are it's pretty much as, as high all our as listeners will as high as you can possibly go. But you know, this there is a good chunk of people who would have just you know mm. jumped out after the first five when they realized they only had five listeners. You no, know, yeah. we still only have five we listeners, have six. but yeah, there you go. We have six,
1: yeah. Your brother listens now, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's I think it's just
1: this podcast has been a really good exercise for me I don't know how it fits in with perfectionism exactly but the the constant output where you don't have time to uh second guess or Or do it again or do it again like you're just you're putting something out every week you record you edit you put it out into the world that's been like a very good practice for me yeah and uh has changed I just I used to be so caught up in like I just thought everything was higher stakes and you realize you, no one really cares that much. And so it's very freeing to just make the thing you want to make and realize it's like, it's, okay to I put it like, out there mm-hmm.
2: yeah like i feel like sometimes i listen back to other episodes where i like didn't articulate something the way i wanted to or it makes me reflect on my speech patterns yeah you know i hate the way that i say like too many times i hate the way that i talk too fast and i can't do anything about it it's already out there so all i can do is kind of learn from it and know next mm-hmm. time yeah. be more cognizant of that pay attention to that mm-hmm. you know go being forward told with that, that you
0: swear too much by your girlfriend's boss's wife <laughs>
2: And, but then I was like, oh, I actually like didn't really take that in. And that's like, we have an E next to our name. Yeah. we Tracy, I'm so sorry. But no, I like perfectionism, I guess, doesn't really come into my head when it comes to that. It's more just like, is this something that I'm proud of? Is this something that I, I want people to listen to podcast or other work, but I want people to like perceive the work as well as me. And am I okay with what that final conclusion is? I guess yeah. that's more of how I think of it is like, is, is whatever I'm putting out there a good reflection of, of me that falls in line with something that makes me feel good about myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, what about, um, there's also like the level of perfectionism that comes into play as to showing off work that you've done to other people. Mm-hmm. How do you guys handle that in terms of being not necessarily comfortable, but your ability to mm-hmm. then. Be prideful in what you've done, and then also be prideful enough to share it to someone. I'd be like, you know what? I put a lot of time into this, and I would just, whether you like it or not, just take a look at it. I handle which, it really well. Which I don't, I don't handle very well. I
2: think I'll just jump in because I don't, I don't do anything in a visual language the way that you guys do. I think off the bat, I always feel like I have a hand tied behind my back because I have so many things that I wish I could express. I wish I could draw. I wish I could paint. I wish I could edit and I can't. You can sing like Joanna Newsome, though.
0: (laughs) I mean... You can do all those things if you mm, wanted to.
2: But I can't. But like when I tried, it wasn't even like perfectionism again wasn't even on the map. It was like, oh, I literally cannot do this. My brain just doesn't work like that. So I think for me, that's like the biggest thing is like I just struggle with being able to even express myself that way visually in the way that you guys can and are really good at. Like if you gave me a pen and paper and told me to doodle, I think I'd probably draw like a sunflower and like a heart. Yeah. but, but if, I yeah. draw stick figures.
0: But if you did that for a week, I bet you the drawing at the beginning of the week and the end of the week, you would have seen it have gotten it better. I
2: don't You're know, Elliot. An artist, I went Elise. through five years of high school where <laughs> I did a lot of doodling and not a lot of note-taking, and they looked more or less
1: the same. Yeah, People but who can't draw, no. Yeah, on the fundamental ex- level, that they can't. Yeah, I'm willing you to just push back. Know, you just can't. You ex- just
2: can draw. <laughs> like I literally, I took two art classes in high school. I fucking, like, like life drawing and whatever that one with Miss Ingram was, yeah, I but. Do you
0: does it does it create some sort of excitement or pleasure for you to draw?
2: No. No, I think it's good at it. It would.
0: no one yeah. is good at it when they start doing it, but they <laughs> they find it as something that's enjoyable, which is then pushes them forward but into I, enjoying it. But not it.
2: everybody can draw. I think that's just a fundamental no, fact. Like not everybody can sing, not everybody can dance, and not everybody no, can but draw. not
0: everyone can paint. But at the same time, people do still find enjoyment in painting and find pride in showing their paintings to people. It's
1: people who don't care about being good, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is, I think, you know,
0: I think a little bit of what and I
1: wish I was good at it. (laughs)
0: No, but I think that having a little piece of that Mm. is important and not being afraid to look like
1: an
2: idiot. I guess it's it. I don't find enjoyment in it it, and I'm not good at it.
1: I was thinking about this. I was reading some newsletter that I subscribed to about, she was talking about like trying to find a hobby that she wasn't good at and that didn't matter to her. And it was so hard. It's so hard to find something that you're actively terrible at and it doesn't matter to you. Like I, I, it's hard to be bad at something and still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. This podcast <laughs> excluded. <laughs> but it, it's
0: it's really it's really just all about how long you're willing to commit to it. Right? You can get to a point. <laughs>
2: I don't think your opinion matters because you're good at drawing That's and fine. art. Let's find something he's not good at and yeah. then talk about let's that. Let's talk about dancing and then be like, <laughs> yeah, do you want to It doesn't just... matter.
0: <laughs> I'm good at dancing. I just don't do it often.
1: You are good at dancing. That's true. I don't know if I've ever seen you dance. Um, What about... I don't want to start listing things I <laughs> think we... you're bad at.
2: <laughs> In our perfectionism episode, let's talk about all the things we don't think
1: Elliot's perfect at.
2: <laughs> um, I yeah. think for me, baking is the only thing where, we're like, I know I'm not great at it but i want to keep doing it and sometimes when i fuck it up i get really
1: angry
0: yeah or making soup god forbid
2: okay that was
1: time. <laughs> i do think there are skills that don't require any natural talent and there are skills that do mm-hmm. and um drawing requires a little natural talent sure
2: <laughs> yes i think while I'm on this train of thought, actually baking is the one thing that like it really, you can tell the big difference between something that's perfect and something that's yes. not so well, perfect. baking
0: is like chemistry. It's like measured yeah. to the T.
2: Yeah, and I'm not really good at it. See, and I want to I think I'll spend the rest of my life trying to
1: be good at it and me, I'm okay with that.
0: There you go. Me not good at baking. Why? I don't follow the rules. They call me the bad boy <laughs> of baking for a reason.
1: So chaotic. It's just bad. You're everything, like the bad boy of math. Everything it just comes, doesn't work. Everything <laughs> comes not out going.
0: Everything comes out as pudding.
1: Yeah. There's no final equation it doesn't matter. There's this guy on TikTok who's like
2: a, a chef and he's trying to start baking and he like made this like uh Fridge cake, like mm-hmm. where you make that's like a cheesecake, and he like takes the the pan off. Anyways, he takes it off and he's so excited, and the whole cake just falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> it just all like spews out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've been there.
1: um Boy, have I experienced <laughs> that. Yeah,
0: but I also think it is important to try and take on hobbies that you aren't necessarily good at, but hopefully you enjoy, and you can then you know push yourself to. Get better at just to kind of put things in perspective as to things that you're already good at and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. It's just, it's, it's when it gets so, you get so caught up in whatever you're doing that you're not even able to show it to, you're spending all this time working and working, working on it and you're not able to show it to other people. It can be just for you. That could be one other thing, but it's just, when you spend all that time and then you're also not happy with it in the, in the end, I think it's not very healthy. Yeah. So it's stuff that like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to work on where it's just kind of having clear set end goals where yeah. you have until this amount of time where you have like a full on finish and you can step back and you can look at what you've done and be like, I actually did a really good job, which is, which is interesting for to look at parking lot because we have parts of it that don't have clear ends like the podcast. Yeah. But then we have the newsletter where at the end of it, we can take a step back and be like, we finished it and this mm-hmm. is what it is. And kind of, you can kind of sit and be like, you know what, actually at the end of the day, I'm really proud of the way it turned out. Yeah. Or yeah. you're less proud of whatever it is. You know, it's going to change depending on yeah. month to month. But
2: expectations play a big part in it. Expectations
0: yeah. and you know, don't have to compare yourself to other people. And, you know, that's like one of the biggest pitfalls of mine. If I like watch an actor in a movie and I like immediately look up how old they are and be like, well, I only have two years to get to that point where I have to be that person, which is not realistic and not healthy. But
2: well, I think an interesting thing about you and expectations is like you sometimes set out to make something that like nobody has an expectation for besides you like you're just like i'm gonna do this creative venture that i think would be fun to do Mm -hmm. and then you do it and it looks great but because you have this idea of what you want it to be but for everybody else viewing it like like if i make a shit muffin like you know what a muffin's supposed to be like so you're like this is this is bad. Like, I know that, but like when you make something that is, like a short video or like a graphic or a piece of art where like, it's not meant to be like anything aside from what you just wanted to make. And it always baffles me when like you make something so cool and you're like, I hate this. Like it's in the trash. And I'm like, this is so cool.
1: But like if I make a muffin... 60s Greg is a big fan of all of your video content.
2: Yeah, I think you're so good at that. Stay
0: tuned. There's one that's coming up when we go to Chicago and I'm already planning it in my head. See, but then you know what? I'm going to try my hardest to not be upset of what the outcome is. I am currently learning how to use Premiere in -hmm. order to edit this. So, you're
1: editing your okay,
0: oh yeah the
2: trip that hasn't happened, which is just gonna be me and my brother like on the on the chicago architecture boat towards going <laughs> and,
0: yeah
2: and then
0: <laughs> it's gonna be really hard to edit that to a pace of a song
1: <laughs> which song
0: i do not i haven't picked the song yet
1: um the other side of perfectionism uh-huh. That I was thinking about is that I feel like it's very much a like luxury of the person working on their own projects. And that as soon as you're working for a client, you're like estimating your time, you're being paid for a certain, like it's, it becomes mm-hmm. much less precious and you have like client feedback, you have um, approval processes in place and um, creative projects are still uh, like important but there's less room for this anxiety of like yeah. mm-hmm. what is my uh, exactly. personal opinion and like does this meet some standard in my head it's it's I think uh, the business side of the creative world really mm-hmm. knocks perfectionism well, out of you
2: also it's just like with their idea of perfect is versus your right. idea is like I remember we were working on this like project once and there were, like, all these jokes that got cut. And I was like, this sucks. Like, this isn't funny anymore. But when we watched the final product, like, the person whose video it was was like, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I'm yeah. just or shocked. Different. Or, like, there was a couple of projects that we worked on when we still worked together where it was like, we were like, this sucks. <laughs> and they were like, the client was so Standin happy with it. Yeah, yeah, they were like, this is snaps all around. Like, I'm yeah. referring you to, like, whoever. And you were like, this this, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, But yeah, I just find that like sometimes with like a client too, when you're working on somebody else's vision, that like your matter and your level of perfection yeah. sometimes just, it just doesn't matter.
1: Well, you like simply can't afford to... Often work to the level you would mm-hmm. want to, which or is they don't disappointing. Want it. Yeah, they don't—they're not interested in what you think is perfect. So I think there's just uh, a time frame, a budget, and you work within that, and you get the best product that you can, which is, uh, I I like that, like those parameters. It's very um, freeing.
0: But to like to jump off of that a little bit. So if one of your friends came to you and said, "I really need help with this." documentary or this short film or whatever it was, and you have the kind of parameter set of what they're kind of doing, but they just kind of need this helping hand where I find, at least for myself, I'm much better at giving feedback and aiding someone else to help them execute their vision. Yeah. Also giving my input as opposed to if I were to ask someone to help me I would say or just to work on my own behalf where it's it's the perfectionism because obviously I want them to have the best outcome possible but the stakes are not necessarily the same where it's just you're still kind of atoning to their yeah whatever their process is and all that kind of stuff
1: no I see that for you because I like uh, my own personal website I sent to you and you had like very clear feedback that was like precise uh, like achievable, uh, like do this, do this, do this. And we were done. It was like, yeah, I, yeah, I do think you have that ability to, when you're looking, uh, outwards to, I mean, I think there's a part of your brain that just like sees the bigger picture for other people, but that's not always there when it's your own project. Cause it's like, it's hard to get that shape when it's your own like ideas and process. Yeah. And that's like I don't know how you train I don't know how you learn that.
0: No, I don't think you you just you just pick that up as, as you go probably. Yeah. But does does perfectionism ever come into play in terms of you having to ask people to help you with something that you're working on, either being I don't know, either afraid to see what you've done or Anything in terms of just whatever it would be to begin to someone to then push you forward to if you feel like you've stalled or whatever it is that you think? Has there ever been a scenario, I guess, in school or anything like that for you?
2: I don't really understand the question. It's like... <laughs> Sorry.
0: Does your idea of, I don't know, your standards of whatever project that it is that you're working on ever come into a f- like play for you to then not ask someone to come help you?
2: Yes. No. Um, I think I'm, I'm very open to the fact that it's not good. And I, I'm asking somebody because I trust that they will make it better. Okay.
1: Like, I guess. I think that's called (laughs) self-confidence.
2: But it's not confidence because I know it's bad, but I want them to help me make it better. Like there were so many times in school where I was like editing something and I was like, this is fucking shit and I can't edit. Um, like Please help me. And they'd be like, oh, let's add some music here. Like, let's take up this. Like, you don't need this. They'd like watch a rough cut with that in mind. And then they'd be like, okay, let's change this. And I'd be like, okay, great. Like, thank you. you but is, is it
0: more in a technical thing where you, you need someone who has a specific skill as in to edit as opposed to, I don't know, your artistic interpretation of something and someone in to come and help you hone that or whatever it is, I someone guess. to help your vision, which I would find... I think it's easier for me to ask somebody in terms of the technicalities to like, I just don't know how to edit this together. But and so, and for someone to like help me feel like I'm trying to get this idea and I'm me not being able to get that idea out myself is it feels like a failure.
2: I think Mm. those are the same thing to me. I think I would like say to somebody like, this is like, we had to do this like self portrait thing. And what I was trying to do was like, I didn't want to do like a literal self portrait as like a video. I wanted to like almost make like a photo montage through time, but then also like cut to things that mattered to me. And so I expressed to somebody that that was the idea I was trying to do. And then I I was like, is that coming across? And they were like, no. And then they also gave me like technical advice on how I could do that better. And they were like, this is what I'm not getting from your video when I now have in mind what you're trying to do with it. And then I made something that when I showed it and I I think the other thing that was like especially going to film school is like all I ever aimed to be was in the middle Mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't gonna have the best and I knew I was hoping to not do the worst right so when it came to like oh my god I have to show my thing it was more like I just hope that it's not memorable but at the same time like I'm not necessarily proud of it or not proud of it but it's like if I did what I set out to do, even if it's not exactly what I set out to do, I did it. So visual medium, not being my first language tool. Right. Like I, am not really good at showing people how I feel as much as I'm good at maybe telling people Mm -hmm. how I feel. Mm -hmm.
0: Do, do either of you have trouble asking other people for help in terms of anything?
2: Yes. (sighs) That's a really broad question. Like, (laughs) I guess,
0: guess, okay, more into the, For me, it plays into the coming off of not knowing something or feeling stupid by asking somebody for help. Um, Except if it's like for something very basic, you know, like, can you help me fucking reach that or something like that? Anything where it's I'm unable to solve something and Mm. I need to ask somebody for help. I have a hard time asking.
2: I don't mind people thinking i'm stupid necessarily because then i can kind of only go up from there right. that sounds bad i'd rather that like you underestimate me and not even like you're gonna underestimate me but just like in a way of like you might not anticipate that i'm gonna be able to do this so we have that in mind and then as we keep going forward and i'm able to do more and more on my own it's like okay you don't have to help me as much yeah. rather than you always thinking that i'm good at this or that i know what i'm doing and then i falter real hard and it's like oh you you actually are stupid. Yeah. I'd rather start with you thinking I'm stupid and then we can go from there. Right. I don't really mind that. And like, even I get work sometimes. I don't really mind being like, This is the dumbest question in the world. And I'm so sorry to ask you such a stupid question, but here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And just prefacing with like, I know that what I'm asking you is stupid and I'm not really like afraid to tell you that I think it's stupid, but I like, I just need your help to get through this next step. Yeah. And And then honestly, like you have a laugh, you have a goof, a gaff,
1: and then you move on and then you're like, remember when I asked you that stupid thing? Okay. You know? Yeah. I feel like the more questions you ask the more people understand that you're like under, you're trying to get uh, trying uh, to learn. Yeah, try yeah. to learn and understand process and
2: And I don't assume yeah. that I know everything. Yeah. I think that like sometimes when you see people that like they're so confident that they know what they're doing and they don't ask for help and then you watch them fuck it up and you're like, well,
1: Yeah. You just And even ask- knowing what questions to ask, you can I don't know, it's And sometimes you ask a
2: question that they're like, I've
1: never actually thought about that. That actually is a problem Yeah, (laughs) that I didn't know Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. When it comes to like asking for help, I find I have projects that I'm like closer to and then projects that I've like worked on, but I don't have emotional attachment to. And it's so much easier to like if I'm not going to take feedback personally, like I don't uh, feel any kind of attachment to it. It's much easier obviously to ask for help and then projects where I'm like, well, this is like a part of me that I have put out into the world and I'm now like a different person than who I was back then. But it's still like, that's very hard to, um, a just like have someone else's opinion on and be if you're trying to make it better like ask for help on how to do that like that's very uh challenging I don't know how to Mm -hmm. do that I think if
2: I made music I would feel like that like Mm. I think like if I made music it would be really hard for me to like put something out there and then feel like that's not really who I am anymore and like ask for help and like how to make a sound like in the David Bowie documentary he talks about it he kind of like hit a wall with the sound he was making and like how he was writing music based on where he was and he wanted to move somewhere so different and almost start a new language with like Brian Eno. And I was like, I totally get that. I totally get like feeling like the music you were making is almost like hard to even sing. You're like, I don't, you know, I don't make music, but like I think that's part of the reason why I don't like even the thought of like writing lyrics or making music is just feeling so removed from it once you put it out there. And then being like, I was once so close to this and I've put it out and it's like, "Mm."
1: yeah, I think um, what I'm learning is whether someone likes something or not is not necessarily the goal. Like if it is just this like expression of you, then like, what are what are they going to not, if they don't like it, that's fine. So being like specific in what kind of feedback you're asking for of like, was this effective was right. i communicating this in this mm-hmm. way like um like i'm trying to f- find ways to um figure out how to like ask for the help that i actually want mm-hmm. um right. but i don't know i'm just getting a thicker skin like um i, I think letting go of like people have different tastes and that's fine just yeah. like like I know my boss and I have very different tastes of most things and it took me um a while to stop being like sad that he didn't like the stuff that I liked uh, Mm -hmm. on like a fundamental level and and I think we've learned to have like this communication style it's like what is effective about this what isn't effective about this and it's less like Right. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Because he, the stuff he likes is like, this is who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I understand what you, like what this is doing. You can find common ground. Mm
0: -hmm. But there's also, you know, there's a middle ground between like agreeing to liking something, but just kind of even just acknowledging that that person also likes that thing and just kind of be like, oh, that is, I don't know, that could be not your cup of tea, but at the same time, just be like, I think it's still very cool or whatever, however the... You know, the back and forth is. Yeah. Um is my, there
1: stuff you want to ask for help on that you're not uh, that you're too scared to? Um
0: probably. I'm nothing off the top of my head, but it's kind of feeds into my last question here, which is I know you don't describe yourselves as uh perfectionists, but in terms of finding things to help you get past either milestones or projects or getting kind of bogged down in perfectionist details um, and finding certain things that help with that to get you through that for me would be collaboration has been, has been really helpful to that just to get other people's opinions and just kind of talk to other people about what they like and just the way that other people think about things. And I think the tricky part about Being faced with criticism or even feedback that isn't criticism, but then taking it as criticism is something that I struggle with as well, but getting better at that. But I find that when I have other people who are also attached to a project, which it doesn't then only fall on me to either get a deadline done or I'm not the only one who has the final product, I'm much more able to complete things right and i don't know if there's anything for you guys that kind of helps you get from a to b or anything like that
1: yeah collaboration is a huge part for me um i mean i just think it's finding you guys to help move like finish things is so important to me um Cause I don't get anything done myself. And, and I think I'm learning that about myself and that's just like how I'm moving forward in life. It's like, I I don't think I can work alone.
0: For me, it's kind of the opposite to think of what would make me successful is quite the opposite where my default is to be introverted and shy, but I find the more I can get a lot of energy and stuff done by working isolated and by myself, but not nearly as much so as in between cutting that in between having a group dialogue where you get information kind of discussed to then move on to the next step, as opposed to me just sitting there and kind of focusing in and kind of just reiterating the same thing over and over again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess just it comes down to the fact that like, I'm just not in that point right now in my life where I have those things going on that aren't my work. Sure. Like I, I feel motivated to do my work because at the end of the day, there are other people at I have to be accountable to mm-hmm. it's yeah. like if I don't get this done. Then the next person doesn't get that part done. And then so on and so on. And it's like a ripple effect. And like, I try to keep the perspective of like, sometimes those things really don't matter in the long run, but at the same time, I just want to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working on like the CSA submissions for the Canadian screen awards. And like, I have a deadline. I'm the only one working on it. Yeah. Like if I don't hit that deadline, then we just can't submit. So yeah. I don't really have a choice. It's like, I just have to keep going. And like I have my moments where it's like maybe I take too long of like a bathroom break because I'm like, I just can't stare at the screen anymore. But it's still like, all right, well, if I don't get this done today, that's another day that I have less to do this. Mm -hmm.
0: So your answer is bathroom breaks. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But bathroom breaks don't like help me continue on. Sure. (laughs) If anything, it's a hindrance. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I guess I'm just very motivated by deadlines and like being in a team. Having structure
0: to your, to your work related day.
2: Even then, like, I don't really have a routine. Every day is kind of different.
0: No, but it still can be structured, but different, right? You still have a very much plan for your day most of the time going into it, don't you?
2: No. Again, my plan though is other people's plan. It's like, okay, I know this person has a meeting at this time and this person has a meeting at this time. So I have like two hours to do this. And then if I need help with it, I can't ask them because they're going to be busy.
0: Right. So then maybe it's the lack of structure. That helps you. Yeah. Kind of your willingness and ability to be adaptable.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess that's like... I never feel like I'm the most important person in a room or to a project. So I'm very aware that like whatever I need to do needs to kind of happen around other people. Um, And mostly I just... I don't want recognition as much as I just want to not be in the way. I don't want people to be like, oh, it'd be so much easier if she wasn't working on this or, oh my God, working with her makes this harder. Yeah. Like I just would rather be like, working with you is great. And I actually have nothing to say about it. I'm just going to move on. And yeah. I don't want to be forgettable, but I just don't want to be like a problem, I guess, yeah. is my
1: motivation. Do you think I'm a perfectionist? Um, I think
0: you can probably...
1: Do you think my procrastination is a side effect of...
0: I mean, I think that you I think you're you want to work on a lot of projects, but you are afraid to work on them.
1: That's accurate. Yep. And you think that's us
0: beginning you feel like you're a one step of not achieving whatever it is the outcome that you want, which I would think would right. be slightly perfectionist. Kind of falls
1: under it. Yeah,
0: but I think that's
1: Yeah. That's I anybody.
0: That. Like it's ah, I don't know. It's the fear of doing anything, right? It's the fear of starting anything for the, just the chance that it could end in failure.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think it's just, I think it's just coming to terms with failure being sometimes a good thing where you then learn. Right. And I think it's reminding yourself of all the things that kind of happen by chance of by starting something and doing something and having things not so planned out. A lot of the things on this podcast have been planned, but a lot of the parts of it that we kind of go back to in the core pillars of it are stuff that just have happened by us, the four or three of us sitting down and talking and things coming up naturally, which I think is important. And I think it's just realizing that you don't have to have all the answers set up right away. And that's fine. Because if you have all the answers, then there's no room to grow.
2: Totally agree. Right. Life's the journey, not the destination.
0: Do you have any uh, closing <laughs> thoughts on perfectionism?
1: I just got really tired. Okay.
0: Um, end
1: to a perfect episode.
0: End of a perfect episode. A little bit of a heavier one for, you know,
1: a more creative
0: topic for folks out there. We will be back next week with a lighter topic. Don't you worry. Yeah, but uh, folks, you know what? Just let us know what you feel about perfectionism. You can leave us a comment on our Instagram and give us a follow while you're there and hey if you don't subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts do that too it helps and uh yeah
2: as always everyone thank you for stopping by